It's all about Jesus. Amen. So good to sing those words today. It's all about Jesus. Well, welcome to church this morning. How's everyone doing today? Does everyone like this cooler weather? The true mountains, misty weather. If you're from the upper mountains, if you're from Penrith area, the plains, you're getting over the 49 degree day the other day, which is crazy. Whose air cons were going crazy and not really working that well? It's a good day. Well, you can be seated. You can be seated this morning. Thanks, team. So good to be in church this morning. We're going to continue this series this morning, Principles That Help You Prosper. And this morning, I'm going to be talking about being planted in the house. You know, there's one thing to attend church. It's another to be planted in God's house. And scripture is very clear about being planted in his house. You know, it's so many people checking out church and going to new churches and finding new churches and finding the place that they fit. And that's all great. And, you know, sometimes God moves people around and that's all good. But there's also the scripture talks about being planted in a house where if someone says something you don't like, you're still planted. When someone doesn't talk to you when you walk out the door, you're still planted in God's house. Offense can so easily come, and when you're not planted, it's easy to walk away. You know, we see that in marriages where people just find it easier to walk than to be planted in their marriage. In church, it's exactly the same, being planted in God's house. So I'm going to do a couple of things. We're going to do a bit, something a bit different this morning, and that's coming up. But I want to just framework, what is the church? Who is the church? You know, Jesus talked about the church he was going to build. And guess who that's with? You and I. It's not a building like Ben said, and we're making the building nicer and more appealing and to represent who we are well. But it's not the actual church. It's not this building. If we moved our service to Blackson High School, we're still city church. We're still the church, and that's you and I. And that's who Jesus is building the church with. So Matthew 16, verse 15 to 19 says this. But what about you, he asked? Who do you say I am? This is Jesus talking to Peter. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So he's talking to Peter here, but he's talking to us. He's talking to us today. So on this rock... I will build my church. So Jesus has asked us to build his church. And we are building his church on earth. Well, that's not too scary. It's going to be quiet in here. Don't be scared by that. But that's what Jesus has asked us to do, is to build his church here on earth. And so Jesus is saying here he's going to build a church not on the man Peter, but on him as a heavenly taught confessor of faith. So if we confess our faith in Jesus Christ, we're candidates to build the church. My church, says the Lord, calling the church his own, a magnificent expression of himself. 
Nowhere else occurring in the gospel does Jesus say that except right there to Peter. On you I will build my church. And the gates of hell or the unseen world, meaning the gates of death, it will never perish. So who knows in this world right now, there's political chaos. There's chaos in our, in our world and what's going on and natural disasters and we're seeing this locally. And there's chaos. But the church will never, ever, ever die. Jesus said that. The church will never, ever die. The gates of hell will never prevail against it. Sometimes it can feel like, oh, but the church, you know, people in the world will say the church is irrelevant. The church is dying. The church is getting older. But I beg to differ. I beg to say God's doing a work on this planet and it involves us, us as the church. And it's exciting. And while the world can be falling apart, we are the answer to this world, to the world's problems. So building, Jesus is building his church with you and I. And, you know, that's why there's so many different denominations. It's not right or wrong how people do church. And there's all different styles. But as long as they worship Jesus and proclaim Jesus, then they are the church. That's the difference. You can have whatever name you want. But as long as you worship Jesus, you are the church. So parting of building the church is to be planted in it. Psalm 92 verse 12 and 15 says this, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. And everyone over 60 said? Over 30? Amen. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. So who wants to be planted? It's not a, oh, I have to be at church. It actually says here in Psalms that you will flourish if you're planted in the house of your God. So it's a good thing to be planted in his house. John Bevere says this, When a fruit tree is put in the ground, it has to face rainstorms, hot sun and wind. The harshness of the elements causes it to seek another source of life and its roots go deeper underground. It will one day come to the point that even the greatest of windstorms cannot affect its ability to produce fruit. So when you're planted in God's house, you can endure more than you can think of. Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3 Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But those who delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You see, a believer who chooses to delight in the word of God in the midst of adversity will avoid offence. And how many offended Christians are out there? Oh, the the preacher doesn't love me. The the pastor doesn't talk to me. Um, This person was rude to me. Well, we're all humans, right? We're broken humanity and the church isn't perfect. And so if you're planted in the house, if you're planted in God's word, offence is easy to get rid of. It's not gonna, it doesn't mean it's not going to come. It just means when a fence happens, it's easier for you to put it aside. Being planted in his house. That person will be like a tree whose roots search deep 
to where the Spirit provides strength and nourishment. They will draw from the well of God deep within their spirit and adversity will become the catalyst for bearing fruit. I don't know about you, but I want to be that sort of Christian that I will still bear fruit no matter what. Still bear fruit. So once you find a place for you in God's house, be planted. Be planted in God's house. The next time you face difficulty, it'd be easy for you to flee from it. But the house of God can help you, can be with you, can hug you, can be beside you when you go through the storms. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be out on my own doing this world. And so many people in this life are lonely and sad and, you know, family sometimes don't talk to people and they... And this world can be so harsh on so many people. But as the church, we have an amazing part to play in this in supporting people and being alongside each other. Not just the pastors, but you have that ability. It's in you to go out into this world and be a light to this world. So be planted. Let your roots go deep in his house. This is how you become... If you're not careful, you become a spiritual wanderer, wandering from place to place, suspicious and afraid that others will mistreat you. That's such a common thread with people who jump church to church. They're suspicious and offended and scared to plant themselves in that house because they don't want to get hurt. And sometimes it's understandable. And Sometimes, you know, leaders have done things that hurt people and that's understandable. But at some point, you have to make a choice. You have to make your own choice about being planted in his house, no matter what a leader says. No more what, because we're all human. Hello? Everyone's human and makes mistakes. But be planted in God's house. Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A man who isolates himself. So don't isolate yourself this morning. Make a choice to be planted. 2020 is a new decade. If you find it hard to be planted and find it hard to be committed to the local church, why don't you make a choice that this decade you're going to be planted in his house. And what did I just say? You will prosper. You will flourish. You will bear fruit. That's God's promise if you are planted. So be planted in God's house. 3 John 2, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Who wants to prosper? No one? Okay. Who wants to bear fruit in their old age? Who wants to flourish when they get older, not be whinging and complaining? Me, you, we all do. But God's promises are yes and amen if you are planted in his house. The purpose, this is a quote from Billy Graham, the purpose of this Christian society called the church is first to glorify God by our worship. We do not go to church just to hear a sermon. We go to church to worship God. So part of being planted is our worship of God. We don't just come to receive, we come to worship our King. Another quote, if you do not go to church because it is full of hypocrites, remember this, church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. So we don't want to get old together and be a museum where everyone can look at us from the outside and go, oh, isn't that wonderful? We want to be a hospital for sinners. 
where people can walk in off the street broken, hurting, abused, alcohol abuse, on drugs, whatever. Walk in these back doors and meet Jesus. That's who the church needs to be. Not a museum for all us that are here every week. (laughs) I love you, but it's true. It's so true. So be planted in God's house. 2020, this next decade, make a commitment to plant yourself. Be planted. You know, we're not saying you have to be here every week, but be planted. Make a choice. Make a commitment that you will go, yes, I want to be in church. I just want to go to church to tick my box and we'll just make sure you're there and pastorally we can make sure, oh, they've been to church three times in the last six weeks. They're okay. We just don't want to have that type of relationship. We want to say, be planted in God's house. Well, you want to be here. You want to come because you will prosper. That's what the scripture says. And you will flourish. Amen. Well, we're going to do something a bit different today. And last week, who enjoyed um, Ken and Megan being interviewed by Ben? I thought that was so powerful. And we love you, Ken. And you're a legend. And I must say this. There are so many people in this church that have been planted and are still planted and are flourishing. And that's many of you right here today. So I want to say thank you. Thank you for being planted. When people aren't perfect and leaders aren't perfect and things sometimes don't work out how you want it, it'll be easier to run and easier to be walk out and not not turn up. Thank you for being planted and thank you for staying. And you're a good example for everyone else that being planted is so important in God's house. So today I'm going to do something a bit different. I'm going to interview Brendan Jones about being planted in God's house. So why don't you put your hands together as Brendan comes up. Brendan, he's a legend, legend dad, legend golfer. <laughs> Not Le- last time we played, Tim. <laughs> no, no, that's right. I think I beat you, which is good. <laughs> Luke beat us all, but that's all right. <laughs> he's very sporty, your son, Luke. <laughs> I'm going oh, to need, need a bit of the tape. That's right. I'll do this. I'm going to try and do it electronic, see how it goes. Oh, mate, come on. The generations are just swap roles for a sec, so. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my folder, like, like in primary school, and it's got it all in here, and you're on the phone. Look at you go. So, Brendan. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> are you good to go? It's not flicking around. you just got to, like, move it. There we oh, go. You zoom it in. You got it. You zoomed in. <laughs> Pinch and zoom. (laughs) All right. So, Brendan. What was that? Off to a good start. Yeah, absolutely. So, tell us about your journey to faith. How did you become a Christian? Well, it was a pretty slow journey, actually, considering my upbringing. And I grew up in a church, went to church every Sunday of my life. Um, Mum and Dad loved the Lord. and and, um, But there was lots of strong families in my church, so I got to spend lots of time, you know, watching them and in their homes and um, got a great respect for Christian families. And then um, when I was 16, I thought it was time I made a decision, but it wasn't a real decision, so I went down the front of church and, and said the prayer and got baptised. But it was a bit of a fake decision, really, and I, I sort of spent the next um, seven years with feet in both camps. Sunday looked like the good Christian boy during the week. <laughs> nothing like that. And um, 
And when I was 23, sort of some seemingly insignificant thing really happened in my life and it made me question who I can really trust. And, um, you know, I had my family, mum and dad, I could always trust them, but who else could I really trust? So I, I decided it was God and that was it. So pulled over the side of the road in my car one night and said to God, that's enough playing games, I'm all in. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, so powerful. Yeah, I wish I'd done it much earlier. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. never looked back. So good. So you grew up in Victoria? Yep. Essendon? No, no. No, you just go for Essendon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you are a footy lover. I am a you footy lover. love the footy. Yeah. A lot of Victorians love the footy. Yeah. It took a while in New South Wales, like, you need to sort of come at the border. and I think, I've, convert, slowly, I think slowly. I've converted a few people yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, there's a few yeah. conversions here. Greater West. <laughs> <laughs> so you love sport too. Let's talk about that for a sec. This is off script, but... I can do this one ad-lib. <laughs> <laughs> so I've played golf with you and, you, you know, you see your, all your boys and uh, even your daughters <coughs> love playing sport and um, very sporty family. So well, how did you end up loving sport? It just happened as a kid? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I suppose every minute back there before you had these things, every minute you were outside climbing a tree, throwing a ball, <laughs> kicking a footy. Um, went to school in Victoria, of course, because I lived there. And all you, all you did was played football before school, played football at play lunch, played football at lunchtime and played football after school. So, and then That's at cricket awesome. season you did the same. So it just changed to cricket. So. I love it. I love yeah. it. Anyway, that was off script. Um, have you always been committed to a local church? So since you made that decision when you were 23, did you then commit to a local church? Yeah, I suppose I've always been committed to a local church since I was born because I went to church, you know, Sunday school in the morning, followed by church, back to church at night time, and then when we were teenagers, you'd go to Christian Endeavour in the afternoon, and my life was really sort of surrounded by church. So... Um, and I stayed at that church till I was 27, till I left Melbourne. The, except, except at night time when we'd go to other churches with my friends to check out the talent. Um, <laughs> I hadn't found Sharon yet, it. and she was, up, she was up here, so I had to make a big move to find her. <laughs> so is Sharon the reason you moved? No, I, had, oh, okay. I moved for work first oh, and then sure. found her after that. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. She kept me here, though. Yeah, awesome. Much to mum's disappointment. So how did you guys meet? How did you and Sharon meet? Um, through church contacts, yeah. 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 Surprise, surprise. So if you want a um, husband or wife, plant yourself in church. That's right. Yeah. Well, look, my four kids, or four, my four oldest have found partners here. So. Yeah, it's great. So good, so good. So why do you think it's important to be planted in a local church and not just be an attendee? Like, it's easy to come to church and go, I'll do my, you know, couple of weeks here and there, but why is it important to be planted in God's house? I've lost that. I've lost my phone. You can go old school. I will. (laughs) Look, I think um, you know if you if you're not committed, then and you're just here every now and then. Well, God talks as the church as a body, and the body needs all the parts. And if you're a Christian, you're a part. Yeah, exactly. You might not know exactly which part you are, but if you're not here then the body's not complete. And if the body's not complete, it's not as healthy. And I want the church I go to to be healthy because then when people turn up, whether they're looking for a new church or whether they don't know God, 
they want the place to be healthy. And I think it's, it's not going to be healthy if you're not here all the time. So no matter how insignificant a part you think you play, just be here and, um, and you know, you'll find your place if you plant yourself. So good. So good, Brendan. So what benefits have you found from being planted in a local church? Like in scripture, it talks about um, if you plant yourself, you get you flourish and you prosper. So in your life, how have you flourished and prospered by being planted in a local church? Well, first and foremost, it's, you know, salvation was the the thing I got from being planted in a local church. Um, And I just love being, you know, family bigger than my own, even though I've got a big family. You know, it's... (laughs) Well, that's a big call, bro. Like, <laughs> you've got a pretty yeah. big church. To... <laughs> um, and I've made lots of strong relationships over the years in church, the different churches I've been at. I've never sort of jumped around. We've, I stayed at my first church for 27 years and then one for a couple of years, another one for 10 and been here for 19 now. So you make a lot of strong relationships and um, I feel like there's lots of people that I can share with that because... You know, not that we're best friends and see each other every week or anything, but there's so many people here I think that I could go and speak to deeply about something if I needed some help. Um, But I could share something on a deeper level than I might share with just a workmate. Um, And you could know that you're going to be cared for and prayed for and if you need some advice or some practical help, there's just so many people around in a family that are willing to give that. Yeah, it's so good. I think, you know, like um, for Al and I, like I, um, I didn't go to church as a kid. My parents didn't really take us to church. And so when I, when I came to local church, I realised the power of the community and the power of the family. And, and what, you know, not you come to get something out of it, but just being part of it, you, you get something out of it. And I think that's a scripture where it says you will flourish um, by being planted. It's just so true. And God's word is true that you do flourish in every area. Like I've made friendships That'll be the rest of my life. And um, that's from being planted in God's house. So I think it's important that you just don't see church as a, uh, a thing I'll just come to every now and then and, uh, you know, I'll just dabble in it. Be planted because you're so, you're so going to flourish and you're so going to be, um, God's going to look after you. And uh, who, who doesn't want to come when you're struggling with something and be prayed for and in worship and you feel God's presence? Like, there's something so powerful about that. And um, that's why it's important too if you're watching online that... Um, Watching online is great, and if you're not here, it's awesome to be watching the stream, but there's something about being in his presence and about being in the local church that's so powerful. And we do the stream to accommodate and to reach areas we can't reach, but the ultimate goal is to have people in the house because that's where you flourish and that's where you, when you plant yourself in there, not just sitting on your couch watching the stream, being planted in God's house. I think it's so important. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and I can just... Um mention a, a, speci- a really special time in our life which was a really hard time in our life when Levi was first born and, and he was only um, three weeks old and we realised there was something pretty seriously wrong with his eyes. We went to a doctor and, and the diagnosis was pr- that he's probably blind completely and um, so we got sent to a specialist and on the way we called through here and our pastors prayed with us and we know that lots of you people prayed. I've never really said publicly thank you, but there's probably lots of you here who prayed for Levi then. So, and look at him now. Who, I mean, who knows how much sight he might have had before then? We really believe something changed from our original diagnosis to how he is now. So thanks for that. And that's just a good example of um, 
of the care and the prayer and support you get from having a family. Yeah, that's so powerful, so powerful. So on that, you've touched on it, but how has your family benefited, benefited from being planted in, in the local church? So you've got seven well, kids. Four, four married, that's pretty four cool. Four married. <laughs> um, yeah, well, having the, having the children all love the Lord is just such the biggest blessing in my life. I mean, being happily married is number one and then having your kids loving God is just amazing. And, um, you know, the youth group's been a fantastic thing for them, just having them getting to know friends and then wanting to be here. Like, in my life, that's that's all that kept me going to church as a kid because, as I said, I was living such a double life that... um, if it wasn't for my friends there, I wouldn't have even bothered to go, I don't think. Mum and Dad would have kicked up a fuss, and I'm sure it would have been a fight, but I probably would have won in the end if I didn't <laughs> want to go. Um, but it was the friends that were there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, youth group has been... And Sunday school and and all you people that have taught my kids in Bible groups and um, kids' church, thank you so much, because yeah. um, that's been such a blessing. Yeah, it's so good. I know, like, Luke and I have got to know each other quite well, obviously, because Luke married Eloise, which is Al's sister, so we're kind of like family, Luke and I, and um, what I love about your kids is they're solid. They're just solid in their faith, they're solid in their friendships, and they're, they're just really great people, and I think that's a credit to you and to Sharon in doing that, and it's not just been... So you've been flourishing because you've planted, but your whole family has flourished and your kids are flourishing. Wherever they work, they seem to just do an amazing job in their jobs as well. They're just really great people. So I want to say to you and Sharon, you've done an amazing job with your kids. And, it's, and we see that. And I know Al and I even talk about that going, if only our kids could be like the Jones kids when they grow up. Because they actually, are like in every area of their life, they've flourished. And that's a credit to you guys. And it's God blessing you in that so yeah that's so cool so cool to see that so you've already touched on this a little bit but how have you personally grown in your faith throughout through being planted in, in, the, in our local church here like Ben's preaching is pretty good right but how, how have you like <laughs> yeah well I think since I've been here I've probably heard about a thousand sermons and so there's something <laughs> there's something good said every week that you can pick up from but I think um, as much as the messages I've heard and the personal Bible study and the friendships I've made and all that sort of thing. I think the worship here is awesome. <laughs> oh, it's the t- team. <laughs> um, you know, singing songs like um, He's a Good, Good Father, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you, it's who I am. Just, and um, you've been so, so good to me. When I think of where I'd be if not for you. And then there's these commitment songs like um, Take Me Deeper Where My Feet Will Never Wander and My Heart Will Be Made Stronger or something like that. Yeah. In the presence of my Saviour. You know, and um, Jesus Be the Centre of My Life that we sang this morning. Yeah. You know, you sing those songs and if you just, if you press in, yeah. I think that's grown me as much as anything. Awesome. Um, I used to think when I first came to a Pentecostal church, why do you sing the songs over and over <laughs> again? Sometimes I think that too when we're up here. <laughs> but now I think, I think if we just worshipped all morning and skipped the sermon half the time, I'd be happy. <laughs> Sorry, Benny. <laughs> no offence, Benny. 
You know that Ben has a dream to be a worship leader? And he keeps asking, and um, the guys at the back know there's a mute button. No, just joking, mate. He's just joking. But yeah, I think that's helped me flourish, and that's been a huge blessing in my life, just worship. And, um, and I just want to thank the, all you guys on the worship team, because it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Our team do a great job. Mm. So Psalm 92 and verse 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And you know, what does that, we've already talked about flourishing and you know, God's blessings and all that sort of stuff, but what does that mean to you about flourishing? Hmm. I think it's a bit like thriving. And if you think about it like you know, plants in a garden, you need good soil, you need to water them and feed them, prune them occasionally, pull out the weeds. Well, I reckon this church is good soil. I reckon you could just turn up here on a Sunday and you could probably still survive quite nicely because the soil is so good. Yeah. But if you really want to flourish, then you've got to do the... You've got to spend time with God during a week yeah. in yeah. Bible study and prayer and, yeah, awesome. and not just come for your hit and go, go well and then drop yeah, down. And, awesome. and, and I think... Um, I think I'm a little bit of a transparent person. I don't know if you know that I work with Andrew and Samantha who come here, and I've known Andrew for years now and worked together for the last 10 years or so. And he can tell when I'm not going so well. So sometimes at work he'll say to me, you know, what's bothering you? And, you know, it's usually not to do with the circumstances around me, even though we might be under pressure at work or something else is going sour outside of work. But it's usually about whether I've sustained myself during the week yeah, yeah. of whether I'm flourishing or not wow. and when I do I flourish yeah, you know? awesome. but otherwise you know it tails off a bit yeah, um, so true. but so flourishing is obviously where I want to be all the time and that's my responsibility but yeah. boy coming here the soil is good I think you, you know you can take a you can take a sick and dying plant and whack it in really good soil and it's going to have a good chance well this is a place where you're going to have a good chance yeah. to flourish. And I think if, you're, you know, if your kids aren't coming, we talk about arising and our yeah. kids coming back. Yeah. If, you can, if you can get them here somehow and yeah. plant them and expose them to the word and to the family of faith, or if you're not sure yourself, hey, if you're not really planted yourself because you're really not sure about where you want God to be in your life or how committed you want to be... Just encourage you to just stick yourself in here and keep coming and yeah. and get involved and um, and you'll start to flourish. So good. Yeah. so good. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Brendan. Let's give Brendan a hand this morning. Wasn't he awesome? <laughs> love that. We love the Jones family. We love the Jones family. So my encouragement to you today is: Are you going to be planted in 2020 in this decade and? And I want to give you a little commitment saying, if you haven't been or if you've been struggling with that, it's okay, but you can always start again, no matter what age you are, to commit to God's house, to commit to being planted in his house and commit to serving in his house. And uh, it doesn't mean that you have to give your life away and you know, you're going to be here 24-7. That's not it. It's the spirit. It's the spirit of being planted in his house and coming with the attitude to worship, like Brendan said, and to not get offended and not get, walk out and, and wither and get be blown over in the wind, as Scripture says, 
but be planted in his house. I think it's so important. And like the scripture says, you will prosper. You will flourish if you're planting God's house. So it's not us saying it, it's, it's scripture. And so a principle to help you prosper is to be planted in his house. So why don't we stand, why don't we get the team up. Ainsley, can we sing Jesus at the center again? That was awesome. And if you don't know Jesus today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to know Jesus from this moment. And like Brendan said, he was 23 years old. I was 18 years old when I made a commitment. But at any stage of your life, you can make a commitment to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And not only did we talk about being planned in God's house, we also talked about loving Him and worshipping Him. And so He can be the Saviour of your life. He can be the Saviour of your life. He can be your King. You know, like I talked about before, there's so much going on in our world and there's, there's so much div- divisiveness going on. You just look at social media and there's so much divide. But I can tell you one thing, that serving Jesus and loving Jesus, He will never divide. He will never make a... Uh, a moment that you have to make that kind of decision but he will lead you to him and you can have hope in him you can trust in him from this moment forward so we'll all heads bowed we're going to pray a prayer together and if you don't know Jesus you can this morning so if that's you I want to encourage you you can lift your hand lift your hand all over this place and make a commitment to him in Jesus name in Jesus name Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We worship you in this place, God. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I choose to worship you. I choose to give my life to you. And Lord Jesus, from this day forward, I will follow you in all areas of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we sing this morning?